in the Barclays Center, in Barclays Center, not the Barclays Center, following a rare Wizards road win, 125-116 over the Nets. They just got their eighth road win of the year, improved to 25-36 and 36 on the season. Hornets' loss tonight means they're only three back at the eighth seed. They are officially closer to the playoffs than they are to the top five lottery positioning that uh, I drove home, and I think it was the last podcast. So we're back to Wizards' optimism. Uh, Bradley Beal had 31 points. He played 40 minutes somehow in a game. They were up 20-something for most of the second half. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about more than that. I'm Fred Katz. I cover the Wizards for The Athletic, and I am the host of Wizards After Dark. And I'm here now with second-time guest and world champion of just life in general, Mike, Scott, <laughs> Mike Scotto. I'll take that one for sure. You know who is uh, winning a life, uh, at least after tonight? Thomas Bryant. He looked like a Will Chamberlain out there <laughs> with the way the Nets were letting him uh, own the interior. So if you're if you're a Wizards fan, that was uh, encouraging. You know, it's always this time of year, you know, the last 20 games or so, where you see a lot of these young guys. And, and you see it even with the Knicks, with Mitchell Robinson and, and Knicks Twitter things. Oh, you know, he's, he's going to be an all-star. And for the Wizards, is they're kind of in that limbo of, not bad enough, but not good enough, just stuck in the mud. And tonight they come to Brooklyn and uh, pounced in the paint. Second straight game. Let's, let's start with Thomas Bryant talk. Thomas Bryant talk is fun. Uh, I asked Thomas Bryant after the game. He had a great quote. Not uh, as good as Jared Allen. Not as good as Jared <laughs> Allen. We really should have started with Jared Allen. So what was Jared Allen's assessment of the Nets tonight when they were down? What was the, the Wizards' biggest lead? 20 what? 28. 28. Uh, what was Jared Allen's assessment of the net? They played like doo-doo with a hyphen. <laughs> with a hyphen. I'm sure Jared Allen speaks in hyphens. I'm sure Jared Allen would appreciate the grammar the grammar breakdown of his quote. Uh, Thomas Bryant had a good one for different reasons. I, I asked him after the game because he got moved to the bench two games ago for Bobby Portis. Mm-hmm. And his first game off the bench, he ended up playing like his most minutes in a while because he just... He dominated off the bench. He went for like 23 and 11 or something like that in 31 minutes and was energetic and, and probably played his best defense that he's played in a little while, which is obviously the struggle point of his of his game. And tonight he comes off the bench again with, with Bob Portis starting again. And Thomas Bryant goes for 18 points in 19 and a half minutes, 6 of 10 from the field. He dominates around the rim. He was so active inside the offense, like you said, he was really good in this game, and he's a very good offensive player. And I asked him, because I asked Scott Brooks at the beginning of the game why he thought that Thomas was, or if he was worried, I should say, that like Thomas is only 21 years old. He'd been starting for like 40-some-odd games or whatever. And if he was nervous about moving Thomas to the bench and if that would like get into his head because it's technically a benching, and even though he's young, like he hadn't been benched before. Hey, it's not a thing that he's had to deal with. And... Scott said he just handled it like a vet. And I asked Thomas about it after, and he was like, and Thomas said, like, the reason that he did it is because 40 games ago, he, he was just, like, happy to get garbage that minutes. You know, you just mentioned that he was 21 years old. You know, you, you forget about these kids that they come out of college, they're one-and-done guys. Um, he was a heralded recruit going into Indiana, comes out, plays a little bit with the Lakers. Now he's getting a chance to show what he can do. Always thought of him as a talented guy. This was a Jordan Brand classic All-American, a Jordan Brand All-American, rather, in high school, and now getting a chance to show off the bench. Um, Always had my eye on him from afar. Played a a good game tonight. I definitely think he's a rotation guy in the NBA. Uh, It's good, you know, 
if you're a team like the Wizards right now, you're evaluating those type of guys and trying to figure out who you can uh, fit, you know, around your core, especially uh, a guy like a Brad Beal. But I got to tell you, you know, I, I think one of the stats you looked at tonight that was probably not mentioned enough is that uh, the Nets are 0-1 since Stephen Bondi came over from uh, the Daily News <laughs> to focus more on Nets coverage. So. Uh, you're not going to find these stats anywhere else. This in-depth analysis only on the Athletic. This is why you pay for the subscription, uh, this commentary, comedy, and insight. Boom goes the dynamite. <laughs> that boom was so Brooklyn Italian. It was amazing. It was unbelievable. It wasn't doo-doo, at least. That's <laughs> it wasn't doo-doo. That's true. Uh, I-, I couldn't believe Bradley Beal played 40 minutes tonight. I couldn't believe it. So Bradley Beal leads the league in minutes played right now. Kind of has to, no? I mean, they were up like 28. They were up. Scott Brooks has a timeout. They're up like 14 with three minutes left. And he sent them back out. And Brad was like, the end, it got chippy there. There were some physical plays around the rim. You know, uh, there's a technical foul called on Beal. It got chippy enough for that. Like, it was... I just couldn't believe that he left him in. And he said after the game, like, they hadn't won in a while. He's going to leave his best player in the game. I, I just I just felt like tonight they're up 28. It's a nice opportunity for them to sit Beal and get him get the dude who literally leads the NBA in total minutes, get him some rest, and uh, weren't able to do that. No. And 40 minutes, a lot of minutes. No. And, you know, uh, on the flip side, I'm looking at Brooklyn uh, right now and, and a big fat zero for... Karis Levert in the box score, um, a guy who's been a little bit up and down since he's come back from his uh, his return, uh, trying to get a hundred percent. Man, you know, it sounds like they're moving the body bag back there or something. For it. I just you can't get any good help here these days in Brooklyn. You know, <laughs> you're right, Levert. How's he looked in his first few games back? Because he's so he's so important for them. You know, Levert's been a guy that, is st- you know, despite the injury, he's still been able to drive and, and get into the paint, and that's ultimately what they need from him. I just think the dynamic has shifted so much now where uh, D'Angelo is such the focal point of the offense that uh, I thought maybe when Levert came back that, uh, that that would change a little bit and maybe it would even out, but I think he's just rounding into form. Uh, it's going to take a little bit of time. Ultimately, Brooklyn needs him to hit his stride at as they get towards the playoffs, in the playoffs, not 20 games to go. Not yet. So I just had, like, the most welcome back to New York moment, a solid 10 seconds ago. That noise in the background, for the listeners, was a cameraman, I presume, yeah. coming in to take down to take down his tripod and leave the press conference room that we're sitting in in Barclays right now. And... People, as listeners to this podcast know, people walk in and out of rooms that we're doing the podcast post-game all the time. And every time, once they realize that we're doing a podcast, they get this look of like, oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry, you Not know? And they don't say, <laughs> don't say anything. Guy. This guy came in. He's been so loud. I looked back at him to look at him to see if he realized we were doing the podcast. I looked back at him, and he literally... Literally takes trouble and just drops it and slams it, picks it up and slams it on the floor as if to say, screw you, I'm going to make even more noise. That that was like 
such a, only in New York, man. What a doo-doo move. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to just roll. That was, this, this that is was amazing. This is the doo-doo game, the doo-doo podcast. This is Jared Allen's view on the mm-hmm. evening in general. Um, the only thing that is not doo-doo that I could say from that post-game uh, press conference was the volume of his afro. That thing is shampoo-conditioned and groomed. Uh, well, you got to give his father, Leonard, a lot of credit for that. <laughs> Leonard, uh, for those who don't know, Leonard is uh, Jarrett's dad, and he is the man behind the fro, um, you know, trimming it and whatnot. Great guy, also former uh, player overseas as well, and, and my goodness. But, yeah, no, the, the you know, it sounded like a, like a body bag on the back of a, <laughs> a car or something with the way that tripod was just getting uh, tossed around back there, you know, with the, the legs and everything. That guy, that guy looked at me. That guy looked at me like, you, what are you going to do? Yeah, you really want to do this right and now? And then the funniest part is he takes the, the tripod, throws it over his shoulder, like the guy who carries the gallon of water into the gym, like, not now, chief. I'm in the zone. He was that guy. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, oh, God. That was absolutely absurd. I don't even care about the noise. I just, oh, God. I just love, I love that reaction. That was, God, props to that dude. Whoever he was, props to that dude. Uh, you know what? The Wizards actually did well tonight. And we'll talk about defense in a sec. But they started off early. So they had a game earlier this year in D.C. against the Nets where they took so many mid-range shots, especially early. I forget what the exact numbers were. Mm-hmm. They were so many mid-range shots, and the Nets are obviously one of the best teams in the league at just inducing mid-range shots, and it was happening early. And it wasn't necessarily because of the Nets' schemes. Like, guys who don't usually shoot them were taking bad contested ones. It was really the Wizards playing their way into those shots. Sadoransky was taking a couple, and... Troy Brown at the end of the first. Troy Brown played, by the way, which is a big Wizards thing. I had a piece on why the Wizards should play him up on the Athletic yesterday, which you can check out if you have an Athletic subscription. Uh, But a bunch of guys were taking these mid-range shots. They don't normally do it. And the Wizards adjusted. Like, they they weren't – they were playing a settling mentality early, and they started attacking – the Nets were playing the zone in the second quarter, and they they started attacking the, the seams of the zone really well. They were cutting baseline really nicely. I thought it was one of their best cutting games of the season as a team. They did a really good job of cutting into those seams, finding guys decisively, and then attacking to the rim from there. Uh, it was it was a good offensive change of pace from the first quarter. And often what you see from the Wizards is just like what you see early is what you're going to get. And it was, a, it was a real change of approach, which was notable. I'm just laughing and smirking the whole time you're telling me this because I'm just picturing Jared Allen saying, yeah, we didn't guard it due to yeah, the whole, <laughs> the whole time. Yeah, one thing I'll say about the whole mid-range uh, uh, thought and observation, to all the analytics uh, gurus, geeks, whatever you want to call them, if it goes in, it goes in. It doesn't matter. Two points is two points. Sure, you want to get, obviously, more threes, but, you know, sometimes I enjoy seeing teams shoot the mid-range a little bit because the league... You know, if it just becomes three points or layups and that's it, you almost, like, lose, to me, a fabric of the league over the years. You know, before the three-point line, I sound like an old uh, fart over here. Like, I'm not even 30 yes, yet. Yes, you but, do. You know, like, before the three-point line was even there, 
mid-range, like, was the entire league. Like, I, I, I don't understand how people grow up now, and it's almost like these kids almost learn, I think, how to just shoot threes or go to the hole, and that's it. I, I'm, I'm almost scared, like, the, the mid-range shot is going to be a dying art. You know who lives by the mid-range you, shot? You are just, so old. I am a, I'm an old man at heart and a young man's body, I guess. But you know who lives in the mid-range and happened to be an all-star? D'Angelo Russell. Bradley Beal, man. And Brad. You're right. And Brad Beal, too. And Brad I mean, Beal's been, Beal's been taking more threes. His, his ratio is a little different this year. But, like, Bradley Beal likes the mid-range. But Bradley Beal, if he had it his way, because Bradley Beal is openly, like, if I, I'll ask analytics questions just to kind of mess with them every once in a while. Yeah. And he'll make fun of me for, he'll, like, he'll like joust me for asking analytics questions. He, he does not like analytics, and he does not like what's done to the game, and he, he likes the mid-range. He enjoys it. He, I think he, he knows that he had to take more threes. He understood it because he's a smart guy. Uh, but he, he doesn't like it. He likes the mid-range. I'm, I'm with him. Brad Buckets Beal. It's all that matters. Goes in. Like, sometimes people got to – the other thing, too, is everybody gets into all these analytics. What happened to, like, the, uh, the eye test? What happened to just looking at a guy and going, he's got it? And I don't know what it is. It's just he's got it. Nobody does that anymore except maybe, like, Charles Barkley on TNT. You know, I, I can you're, appreciate you're that. You're so old. I you you know so old man. I mean, sometimes it just keep it simple, stupid, as they say. Like you can, honestly, uh, you can do both. You can. You and can I, do both. And look, I I I analytics are just information. Uh-huh. It's ju- it's just information. Oh, yeah. It's just the question is, would you like more or less information? When I can have more or less information, I'm going to take more information. That's true. On you could do both. On a complete total tangent, um, I saw Kenny Atkinson coming out of the, the locker room after because i got to be honest, it dipped out a little early. You know, you get well, – once Jared Allen said that they played like doo-doo, I mean, well, the, the, the chances of a quote being better than that are kind of slim. So, you, you know, Joe Harris comes out. Uh, again, speaking of the grooming kit, uh, you know, his beard is uh, – flowing like Moses in the Ten Commandments. But so he comes out and, and, and Kenny's walking out and he's got his jacket on and his book and the the look of just disgust and, and it wasn't obviously directed towards me. I'm holding the door so he can walk out and you know, he gave me a quick pat on the shoulder and was like, All right Mike, I'll see you practice tomorrow and I you almost felt like you wanted to give him a pat on the shoulder because you would think this man uh, just lost like a chance at a playoff spot. He he wears his emotions and every game on his back like very few coaches I've ever seen. And uh, you know, self uh, shameless plug here on the Athletic uh, wrote about previously how a VHS blunder. You want to talk about old? You saying I'm old? A VHS blunder when he was an intern in Paris, um, when he was a video coordinator. And, and, and that blunder has always stuck with him in that fear. Um, he, he mentioned to us during a sit-down interview uh, where he did not have any dessert, by the way. Only had a triple espresso. Triple. And that was it. No dessert, no food, anything. Uh, if you didn't believe that he's a wired guy, you, you know. But it, it just goes to show you that, that that's the type of guy he is. And, you know, I expect the Nets to come out these next couple of games 
by the way, against Miami and Charlotte, who they're fighting, excuse me, Charlotte first, then Miami, who they're fighting for for those playoff spots. Expect them to come out uh, a little bit fired up, probably as fired up as that camera guy throwing the tripod into the bag when he gave him a dirty look. <laughs> so, as you were talking right now, someone just knocked on the door, slowly opened it, saw we were podcasting, and slowly closed it. He almost looked like the guy that walks in when you're hanging out with your girl in the college dorm, and the guy walks in and goes, oh. We, we had to put a sock on the doorknob outside. <laughs> that's, that's what we have to do. Uh, oh. I, we we got to talk defense for two minutes before we go, because this was uh, one of the Wizards' best defensive games in a while. The Nets have been bombing threes lately. They limited them to 35. They were 8 for 35 from three. I thought the Wizards did. Scott Brooks has been hounding them lately about closeouts, and the Wizards really barely practiced. They just had three days off. They only practiced on one of those days. They're not practicing tomorrow, which, by the way, is one way if you ask them about, if you pull people aside and say to them, Bradley Beal's leading the league in minutes. Like, he, he missed time early in his career because of injuries that everybody, Bradley Beal, the Wizards, his trainers, everything, everybody agrees was because of overusage. What are you doing? They will tell you, look, Bradley Beal, if he plays 37 minutes instead of 35 or 34 minutes, what's more important is that he's getting this rest. And to their credit, on non-game days, he is resting. They really, very rarely practice these days. And when they do practice... Brad doesn't always go through every single practice drills. Like they, you know, they had a recent practice. They ran like five scrimmages. Brad only participated in like three of the scrimmages. So, so they're doing, um, they're doing things on off days that we don't see that, that do rest him. Uh, so it's not like they're not conscious of it. Honestly, I don't know. I, I don't know how much that works and doesn't work, but it's, it's worth noting because that's, that's the full story. What we see is the minutes, but but that is the full story that maybe, you know, another guy is getting 34 minutes, but he's being run through the gym more in practice, and it all it might all even out. I don't know, but that's part of the story, and it's worth mentioning. Defensively, they were a lot better closing out today on the perimeter, I thought, um, and they were they had some gaffes. Jabari Parker had some gaffes, and uh, they had some team defense woe moments, and they're far from perfect, but they've had some really poor team defensive games recently, especially Indiana for like the first half against Indiana was just really rough to watch. Uh, they were, they the were way, pretty solid. By the way, Jabari, nine points, 14 rebounds, five assists off the bench. And he was good tonight. 20 minutes. Like, you know, I almost, I, I feel for Jabari a little bit after those two major knee injuries. Um, you wonder what's, what could have been with his career and kind of where it's going now. You don't expect the Wizards to necessarily pick up his uh, $20 million team option next year. So what, what the future could hold for Jabari, you talk about a guy being motivated towards the end of the season. He's playing for essentially a new contract next year. Um, it'll be very interesting to see what Washington does with him. And, you know, it's funny. They've got him as a free agent, Bobby Portis, um, and a couple other guys. Severansky. Yep, and, and Sam Decker as well. And, you know, looking up and down. Uh, Jeff Green, Trevor Ariza. Yeah, they, they've certainly got a lot of guys. Um, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with all these these moving parts this summer. And, um, you know, also uh, Dwight has the player option too uh, for, what is it, $5 million or something like five, that? 5 7 
You know, if I was him, honestly, I'd, oh, I'd, yeah. I'd think about taking that. I think it might be a lot more than thinking about it. I yeah. think there might be pen to paper on that thing. Something like that. I just – free agency this summer is going to be interesting. Yes. Definitely. Yes, it is. I think uh, – I don't know what Dwight's thinking, but I think there are a lot of people who believe that Dwight is going to pick that up, whatever that's worth, uh, especially if he doesn't end, uh, end up returning. Uh, I think the Wizards expect him to return at some point. But, like, if he's, you know, on a, you know, if, if he's, like, you know, still a maybe and they're eliminated with a week and a half left in the season, it's like, why push it when he's probably going to end up picking up that player option? Then all of a sudden, like, you risk something bad happening for next year. Like, just, you know, let him, let him sit in that scenario. So I don't think, I don't think they're going to push it, especially since this is, like, a really serious thing that he's coming back from. Um, that's all I got. That's it. Uh, the Wizards killed them on the boards. Very rare. 57-41 on the boards, and Portis was good on the boards, and Jabari had 14 rebounds, and Troy Brown played pretty well, I thought, and had four offensive rebounds, which is not a thing that we normally see, either of those. Uh, plug your great stuff before <laughs> we sign off. Uh, sure thing. Well, first of all, um, coming up we're going to have – a look, uh, an oral history on Jason Collins five years later coming uh, as the first active gay player in American sports and uh, some some parts of the story that maybe others don't know. Some guys that the Nets tried to get uh, in free agency before Collins uh, that might have ended, that might have made the situation where he doesn't become the first uh, active gay player in the league and also um, another team that you know had a meeting with him prior before the season and, and it didn't come through so a lot of untold uh, parts to that um, some reaction from Kevin Garnett including a a moment the two shared that I, I don't think is out there yet uh, as well as Commissioner Adam Silver um, who was gracious enough to answer a couple of questions um, for us on The Athletic about uh, Jason. And you can always follow me on Twitter, at Mike A. Scotto, Mike A-S-C-O-T-T-O, like the lotto. And as always, we appreciate all your subscriptions to The Athletic and keeping up with our work and taking the time to pay for the quality and insightful and comedic podcasts like this. Mike Mike does an awesome job on the Nets and on the rest of the league, too. Uh, you can subscribe to Wizards After Dark on iTunes. You can give us five stars. You can leave a review. You can subscribe to The Athletic. You can follow me on Twitter. You can follow me on Friendster. You can do all of that. I'm going to be back on Friday. I'm going to Boston tomorrow. I'll be back Friday after the Celtics game. I've convinced Jay King podcast with me so i'm going to be podcasting with jay love jay great guy everyone loves jay what's not to like about jay king nothing so i'm podcasting with jay after that game because i pressured him into it and uh i'll talk to you guys next